This week on Super Skull, are witches the new zombies? Plus tabletop day, and we talk about convergence for longer than is appropriate. Alrighty, welcome to Super Skull, your weekly new comic day audio digest. Recorded, Recorded live to, to tape from Hell's Kitchen, home of the Daredevil, satellite headquarters to Vault, Vault of, of Midnight, Earth's finest comic books and stuff out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm your host, Marcus Schwimmer, joined by my friends and co-workers, Nicholas Weibar Yo! and Curtis Sullivan. What up, Dow? Hey, guys. So we opened up with that little Hell's Kitchen bit. I thought that was pretty clever, but we're all pretty amped because we've been diving into the new Netflix original series, Daredevil. Hey, that show doesn't suck. Not at all. I, it's I really the opposite like it. of suck. What's the opposite of suck? I'm so jaded in my hipsterism. I don't even know what... What does it mean when something doesn't suck? Is there a word for it? Really good? No, it doesn't like, sound right. No. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's a whatever. I would say, uh, as far as comic book TV adaptations go, it's the best yet. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah. It's damn fine. It's real good. Uh, it, it establishes itself as very uh, serious and hardcore and R-rated, so it's not for everyone. You know, like a flash it's where you could- It's very violent. It's super violent, but damn, it's good. And maybe um, everybody else making TV shows should take a looky-loo at- so here's my What's question. What's going on over there? Is it a TV show or is it a 12-hour movie? It's definitely a TV show. It's yeah. definitely episodic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I think they're going that route, you know, where they're they're extending the narrative, you know, where, you know, you can make the argument that, yeah. you know, big old long movie. The, but... guy, the guy they got to play Kingpin is perfect. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's really good, and I really like what they're doing with Kingpin in yeah. that show. Like, there there was another way to do it. Yeah. And just make him, like, a big, faceless, bald, bad guy. And that's not what they're doing. Not at all. He's you, got some dimension. Yeah, you're very sympathetic towards him at some points of the show. Yeah. He's yeah. smart. He's uh, driven. He's scary as hell. Yeah, but he's also, like, kind of crazy and sad. Yes. And lonely. Had a he's rough life. He's very lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's It's another... hard to be the king. Yeah. Right. No, it's another casting that I wasn't... When they announced it, it was like, huh? Yeah. You know how you do sometimes when you hear some of these Marvel castings, but then it turns out to be perfect. Tell you what, I um I was very skeptical about their ability to do Iron Fist when they announced this this big TV lineup. Not skeptical anymore. Not uh, in the slightest. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Can't, I wait. can't wait. Yeah. Super excited. Cool. Well, it's a new week of comics, and as always, we've each picked one book for our big pick of the weeks. Uh, Nick, you're gonna kick it off with Sabrina number two. I would love to kick it off. So Sabrina number one came out quite some time ago. October. And I know the first thing you're thinking is like Sabrina, as in the teenage witch, yeah. as in from Archie, and you're like, lamezos, immediately right off the top of your head. That's yeah. what people are thinking, yeah. lamezos. Yeah, exactly. Fast forward, <laughs> plus 15, plus 15. No, it's really, really good. It's actually super scary. Uh, so this is uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who is also doing... Um, Afterlife with Archie. Afterlife with Archie. He's writing it, which is a phenomenal series. It's like, you think you know Archie. You don't know Archie. Well, we haven't seen an Afterlife with Archie issue for a grip as well. Also. Yeah. yeah. Somebody's taking their time. And the common link here is this writer. Yeah. So maybe we know who's taking their time. I wonder. But yeah. for quality like this, I say take your time. I, I Yeah. And that's the thing. Archie was one of the absolute best uh, surprise hits of 2014. Absolutely. Killer book. We can't get enough people to read it. Was that 2014 or was that 2013? 
maybe even 2013. It's yeah. taken a long time to come it's, out. Yeah, yeah, taking a sweet time. So this uh, Sabrina book is focusing on Madam Satan uh, in this issue. The Great art cover. is fantastic. It's super scary. Uh, it's about witches and witchcraft, which is like not always for kids. Yeah. This is about um, Sabrina's mom, ostensibly, and uh, Sabrina's mom's... Uh, well, let's see. This this woman, Madam Satan, um, Sabrina's mom is a, you know a rival lover to the man that Madam Satan was in love with for a long mm. time. Um, so it's all kind of a long walk to like figuring out how Madam Satan is going to be related to Sabrina and how like they're going to start to interact. Um, but you basically like get the history of this witch uh, and her coven. It's really really cool. It's super creepy in parts. I yeah. love the word coven. Can I just say that? Good word. I think it's a great word to describe a group of people. Are we a coven? I would say we're a coven. We're a podcast coven. I don't know if technically we mm. can be a coven. Oh, that's too is bad. Is that only ladies? I no, I don't think only. so, because like Sabrina's dad is a witch. Oh, he's in the coven. That's yeah. right. right. So it's just a group of witches, right. which we are not. Damn, so um, I yeah. did get trapped in a tree once. <laughs> <laughs> and your eyes like peeking out of a hole, and you're like, help me. Yeah. Something like this. Um, in the first issue, man, I thought it was super scary the way uh, Sabrina's mom got kind of duped into having Sabrina. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll pledge Sabrina to the club or whatever. And then the dad's like, you know, here's really what's going to happen. Here's you the know? thing. Witches are, are pricks. Yeah, yeah, they're evil and they suck. Harry and, Potter uh, lied to us. Yeah. Witches are not cool, kids. Currently, they're not. Currently, they're not right because we have we have uh, Scott Schneider's Witches, which is scary as which hell, which is very scary. Yeah, more and with the people trapped in trees too. Is that like a lore I think thing? I think that's a witch thing. Getting okay. trapped in a tree is a witch right. thing. Mm. That sucks. Or maybe sometimes it's just confusing and like you don't you, you accidentally yeah. get trapped in a tree. Whatever, there's no judgment at all. Right, it could happen to anyone. Sure. Um, yeah. Now is the time if you're into witches. Now's, now's the they're, ha- they're having a moment. They really are having a moment. I mean, Scott Snyder's Witches is a great book, really scary. Um, Do you think witches are the new zombies? <laughs> I don't no. think so, no. I think, I think witches have held the <laughs> Absolutely title for not. a long time. Maybe it's just like the wave is just like yeah. building steam, though, a little bit. I mm-hmm. Probably not, no. But it's cool that we have two witch books, though, right now. Yeah, I mean, I that's it's, cool. I it's only be two. happy with that's that. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, great book. I really enjoyed it. I really dig it. I highly recommend it. This is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, featuring Madam Satan, number two. Yeah, and maybe it's back on track, right? After six months, maybe we're, yeah. we got some Sabrina sure. now. You do the ordering. Are you seeing it solicited regularly? Is I it? have ordered number three. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. So, uh, I, yeah. So we're safe. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, Curtis, your big pick for the week is Bloodshot Reborn, number yes. one from Valiant Comics. Mm-hmm. Um. You have read a large amount of Bloodshot. Yes. I have read zero Bloodshot. We both read this comic, so I'm interested to see your takeaway from mine. So a pure action comic is what Bloodshot is. Agreed. If you want an ass-kicking... I mean, this guy routinely has like two M16s, one in each hand. Yeah. He's a super soldier kind of a guy. He's got nanites. He can heal from almost any wound. So Bloodshot was the dude who they would wipe his memory... Yep. And and then tell him like you got to go in there. You got to do this one last mission to save your kid. Yes, and every would, time. Every and he would go into this thing and he would mess a bunch of dudes up and he would shoot a bunch of dudes. Then they would bring him back, put him back into sleep, put him back in the cryo chamber, yep. and then wake him up six months later and be like, "This is it. You have to go save your kid in this facility." Yeah. And he just kept doing that over and over again. He's yeah. very Deathstroke in that way. Is Not he? Deathstroke. Sorry. Um, Deadpool. No. 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 No, no, no. 
Marvel Comics. He's in Agents of Death Shield. Loke. Death Loke. Deathlock. Deathlock. Yeah, sorry. There's so many death. Yeah. Tone Loke. He's very Deathlock in <laughs> that's nature. That's why I call him Deathlock. That's, that's what I thought. For Tone Loke. <laughs> he's, uh, he's very Deathlock in nature to me. I, I definitely drew that comparison. Absolutely. And that's the kind of the sad part about Bloodshot. The cool part is that they're the Project Rising Sun, which is his kind of military, paramilitary organization, they're pretty insidious with the whole... Let's give this guy a fake identity and fake people to care about. For a couple hours. Yeah, it's super, like, mean. And so uh, over time, right, it's totally messed him up. He doesn't know, you know, up from down. Yeah. Um, that being said, in this issue, there's no dual-wielding M16s. This is very much about the man who is bloodshot. Yeah, after he loses his nanites. Yeah. So this is the second— He got no more nanites? No, no, no more nanites. Aww. So this is the second modern incarnation of bloodshot. So Valiant Comics has been around for many, many years— been lots of versions of Bloodshot. This is the second modern Bloodshot run. Um, first one was Killer. I love this first issue. This art, uh, Miko Suyan. Holy crap, the art's good. Yeah. The art's ridiculously good. So all the characters in Valiant don't, like, they seem stupid on spec. Like, this sure. character's name is Bloodshot. Yeah. There's a character named Ninjack. Right. There's a harbinger. Like the like the it's very nineties in like the the original concept of these because it was. It was a nineties sure. company and that's when this stuff was coming out. It yeah. still had a lot of substance. It was really cool. Totally. In the nineties. But it's really neat that they're not it's very much like pardon me. It's very much like a like a costumed kind of big action romp, but with a lot of substance behind it. And it's super smart. And it's taking like the tropes that you expect from that stuff and Twisting it in really cool ways. Yeah, like yeah. Ninjack, right? That's not my favorite name that I've heard. That's a stupid name. And then, then you go even further, and they're like, he's a, like a techno ninja. He's yeah. like a, a technological ninja. Still not cool to me. Yeah, he's a jacked ninja. He's Ninjack. It's super badass. He's a great character. I'm, I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's tough um, to pitch these books because it yeah, sounds stupid on totally. the pitch. So for me, um, having never read a Bloodshot comic before— yeah. I was really interested in this book because um, Bloodshot is now just a man. He's trying to kind of get a sense of normality in his life after being messed with for so long. But, like, the dude is still tripping. He is having some real side effects, some PTSD going on. Big time. And that's that's really engaging for me. I enjoyed that aspect of the book. I would say if you've never read a Bloodshot comic, you can totally dive into this issue and feel yeah. right at home. And it's Agreed. Jeff Lemire. Yeah, it's, it's Jeff Lemire. And yep. I'll, I'll read anything that dude does. Yep, that dude's fantastic. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, you know how uh, diehard the movie yeah. Is better than any action movie really has any right to be. Sure. You know, th that's bloodshot for me. Yeah. It's the diehard of action comics. I, I, it's just got, more, you know, on paper it sounds one way you get in there and it totally kicks ass. And he has a great haircut and he looks really cool. Totally agree. <laughs> so there's a, that. Does he have a great haircut? He does. I love he's got like these two kind of lines cut into the sides. I think you could head. rock that. Yeah. It's a good looking hairdo. Yeah. So uh, bloodshot one. Reborn, Bloodshot Reborn, number one. Excuse me, Valiant Comics. We're, we're, we've pitched Valiant a bunch on this podcast. Yeah. This is a good spot to check it out. I still think Valiant is underread. I totally agree. Yep. I was not a Valiant reader until about three months ago when you guys, but like Exo Man of War, it's great. that book rocks my world. Yep. Yeah. Really good stuff. And a lot of books you wouldn't think, like Archer and Armstrong. Yeah. Like you look at this book and you go, eh, it doesn't look interesting, you know? It's killer. 
Yeah. Quantum Woody, great book. I mean, they just they just do yeah. a good job. And it's a good mix of very serious stuff and very goofy stuff. And Joshua Dysart, one of my favorite comic book writers of yeah. all time. He did Unknown Soldier five, six years ago. For Vertigo. The only thing he's doing right now is Valiant stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's, is he doing Harbinger? Is that him? He's doing Harbinger. And he great did one book. of the crossover thing. I think the yeah. Harbinger Wars, and he, he's done some other Valiant stuff. But that dude is a, is brilliant. Such a good comic book writer. True. You're yeah. right. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, on a is. side note, is Funky Cold Medina's Tone Loke? Yes. Okay, thank you. Awesome. That's, no, that's Death Loke did that oh, one. Oh, that's Death Loke. Right. Yeah. That's right. Tone Loke did Going Back to Cali. That's not true. <laughs> awesome. So that's Bloodshot Reborn number one, Valiant Comics. My big pick of the week is actually a number two. It's Chrononauts number two. This is your pick? Yeah. Totally. Oh, I didn't. You, you surprised me with this one. It shouldn't be based on the cover. It shouldn't be a surprise at all. Excellent. I look forward to discussing this with you right now. Which means Nick and I are going to argue about this book. Co creator Mark Miller, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy is artist and co creator as well. Um, Chrononauts. This is a book about two dudes who have the ability to jump through time. Two bros, you might say. Oh, they're ve- this book is very bro-ish. Let yes, me just start. Yes, it start is. Out. This is a bro book. Yeah. And I think there's it's a, a Mark pl- Miller book. Yeah. <laughs> and normally I'm very hesitant with a Mark Miller book. I read number one. I liked it. I was very hesitant about number two. They won me over right away with this super dope Top Gun Danger Zone special edition cover that shows the two characters... In the traditional Top Gun scene, also at the bottom, playing volleyball with sweet, sweet jets like flying not over even top. Fair. They could have put any any comic that came out this week, they could have put a Top Gun cover on it, and you would have picked it as it your, been as your, your favorite shit yes. you've exactly. ever read. So, listeners, you may not know this about me. If you, if you come into the store any day that I'm working, I would say there's a solid 15 to 25% chance that at some point during that shift you'll be wearing your flight suit. I, oh god, I wish. It's very comfortable. No, that I will be playing some song from the Top Gun soundtrack. I love it. It's, yeah, the amount of yeah. Kenny Loggins I listened to yesterday. Yeah, gee. Holy. Christos. It's great. So what's what's great about this book? It has it has a nice broish flair. I would say these two dudes are buddies. <laughs> and uh, they're buddies and they're going through time and they're they're checking things out and uh Maybe there's going to be some consequences to their actions because they're not following the rules and they're they're breaking the timeline. <laughs> Just a, like Top Gun. In a really great and enjoyable Wait, way. You're they're saying, dangerous. You're saying in a Mark Miller book, yes. they're just going to live out their wildest fantasies. Yep. And what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, look, this is this is Mark Miller as as Mark Miller does. I, I'm not going to say he's breaking the mold. He's not really trying anything. Breaking terrible. the mold? He's not. He, I said he's not breaking the mold. He's hey, not. so... It's but, just so far from breaking the mold. This is Nick, you can't tell me you didn't enjoy reading this book. I totally enjoyed it. I did not enjoy reading How, this book. It's funny. I it's the shit funny. Out of it. It's action-packed. He's doing some cool stuff. The art's beautiful. True. Come on. We're kid-friendly now, so I can't say all of the oh. things that I want to say about this book. What, what, what do you not like about it? It's so rote. It's so just predictable from everything you've ever read from this dude. And it's also like so they're skipping through time, yes. having sex with a bunch of women, yes, fighting race wars. cars, motorcycles, yeah, exactly, hanging out with Jean Baptiste. Yeah, yeah, this is my and the hubris before the super predictable fall. Yeah, but they'll still be better off than if they had never done it at all. It's every single book this dude's writes. And I'm sick of it. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is a fun book. Hey, look, sometimes shit writes itself, but that's not always bad. It's that's mostly the mar- bad. That's the Miller World motto. 
You just plucking stuff out of the air, just plucking it. Sometimes it writes itself. Come on, no, but like in 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 all seriousness, like this is a fun book. It's a fun. If you are a teenager, this is your fantasy. I completely agree with you. Yes, what you just said is years old, and it's I enjoyed it. What's wrong with that? Like, why can't you have a fun? Kind of like action-packed book because I've read it many, many times, and it's substanceless. It just has nothing. Oh, it has nothing to offer at all. It's 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 popcorn, but it's bar popcorn. Oh come Ooh. on! Yeah, yeah no. exactly. I'd, I'd totally say it's disagree. just popcorn. It's stale. It'll no, give you, it'll give you food on. poisoning. No. Now you're taking my personal life experiences. I know. I'm trying to appeal to you directly. No, this is a fun book, and like. All right, yes, I'm very biased towards a Top Gun cover. I love this cover. I'm going to frame this book. I love it so much. And Marcus loves a good bromance. I love a good bromance. I know, That's I'm true. Saying, it's like not even fair. Of course you're going to pick this book. <laughs> I, I love this book. I love I love the weird things that he's kind of doing with the time travel. I love the different characters we're being introduced to that aren't the two main characters. I don't think there's anything weird with the time travel. I'm going to agree with Nick on this one. It's like straight up like he's doing all this stuff and maybe there'll be some wacky consequences because he's doing whatever he wants with the time stream. It's not like he's just hopping from time zone to time zone and like scoping out. He's like collecting different technologies from different time zones and bringing them and mixing it all up. I don't know. I think that's kind of neat. The stupid references. Like what? Like, Norma G- I'm dating this chick named Norma Jean Mailer. <laughs> Do you have any idea who that is? No, I don't. Who is it? It's Marilyn Monroe. No, you know kidding. who it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great book. I really like it. I think it's fun. I think someone has to stand up to Mark Miller and say, this is not okay. Hey, hey but wait. You some- have to no, do something Mark else. Mark Miller's done some good stuff. Come on. Sometimes you're older, though, and you know more things than people who are younger. Mm-hmm. So we can maybe be a little jaded because we get all the references, but other people might not know what we're talking about or what, what Mark Miller's talking about. They might not know Norma Jean and be like, hey, what is that? Maybe they'll Google and be like, oh, my goodness. So I completely agree with that, Curtis. And it also ties into what you said a moment ago, which is that this is a great book for adolescent boys. No, for Adolescent on. boys. Yeah, absolutely. No. I completely agree with you. You're Wait, totally right. No, Five stars stop. for adolescent boys. Look, do you like the art in this book? Yes, no. I, I love the It's Sean Murphy. He's fantastic. Okay. So it has good art. It has great art. We've even. heard this story before, yes? The 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 you've, We've heard this plot before. Yeah, we've yes. heard this plot before, yeah. right? Does that mean this book can't be enjoyable? I, I, I'm sick of reading it, but yes, you know, if, if as a, as stale popcorn can sometimes be enjoyable because there's nothing else to eat. <laughs> Listeners, you should check out Chrononauts. Um, you should buy the Top Gun cover. It's one of the best covers I've ever seen in my entire life. Read the back of any Mark Miller book and read the Miller oh, World I, essay I know. that Mark, he puts yeah. at the no, end of Mark each Mil- book. Mark Miller or Miller, however you want to say it, he's not one of my favorite dudes. Yeah, right. He's, he's but, a huge B-wanner. We all know this. Right. Sometimes I don't want to watch a really dense PBS documentary on the Roosevelts. Sometimes I do. <laughs> Sometimes I want to watch Mother Effing Top Gun, and that's what this book is. It's the Top Gun of comics, and I love it. It's action-packed, it's fun, it's funny, and it doesn't. I don't have to like dive into the deeper meaning of this book. I can sit down with a beer or True. whatever beverage you want, and I can enjoy the ride, and there's nothing wrong with that, and the art's beautiful. That sounds great. Can I say that, that I watched nice for you. Uh, <laughs> Top Gun a week ago? Yeah. And just looking at this cover, it's like, should I watch Top Gun again? Yeah. I'm not dissing Top Gun. Please do not think that I'm dissing Top Gun right now. But, you know, some might say that, like, say, like, a movie like, say, Top Gun is sort of like pap. It's like real ham-fisted. Sure. They sell you a telegram, like, before anybody speaks a word. Like, you know. Yeah. 
what's happening in Top Gun. And if the same dude made a say the same Top Gun <laughs> over, over and over again. But what if he said Four it in a jungle? Years. What if he said it like in space? Then he's then is in like the past. Oh, I totally watched Top Gun in space. That'd be awesome. What's wrong with that? That'd Top Gun, sweet. submarines, Top Gun, oh, World War yeah. One, Top Gun, Look, Vietnam. I'm just gonna end this by saying, Nick, you're dangerous. And uh and this is a great book. Chrononauts number two, Chrononauts number one. Uh, it's in stock it's now. It's in stock. Yeah. So you could dive in. Um, if anything, pick up this dope, dope cover. Also, there's a scene in this book where they're flying fighter jets against dinosaurs. That alone should get you to pick this book it's up. Pretty it's pretty dope. Yeah, it's great. Chrono- there's a finite amount of money in the world yeah. to spend on comic books. True. Yeah. Mark Miller doesn't need another effing dime. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't hate Mark Millar, Mark Miller, as much as Nick does. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, I also do hate some of his stuff that I'm not supposed to. Like, kick ass can fall off a cliff, as far as I'm concerned. First yeah. first trade's not bad. I, I can't even mess with it. Yeah. I, I um, like the first one. I, thought, I mean, it went downhill after that, but yeah, I thought the first one was a fun book. But, uh, you know, there's yeah, the other dude, stuff that's the like dude my is all-time not favorite. My, yeah, the dude's not my favorite. There's a lot of really great comic book writers out there that I think write better than him. But as far as, like, fun, mindless action, and there's a place for that in this medium. That's true. This is a great book and a great example of that. It's yeah, not yeah. going to change the way comics are written. It's not going to go down in history as one of the greatest books of all time. <laughs> I um, love this. But if you're looking for a fun freaking book, yeah, yeah. pick up Chrononauts. Bang. It's a blast. I only have time. To have my mind completely blown <laughs> oh, by every comic. I'm only going to watch PBS documentaries ever. <laughs> Come on. Give me a break. All right. Those are our picks. Moving on. Check them out. Great books. All three. Um, all right. So there's a ton of other fun books that came out this week. So now we're going to move into our pull box. The pull box. box awesome. Box, box, I'm going to kick box. it off. Archie vs. Predator. Number one. Dark Horse Comics, written by a friend of Vault of Midnight, Alex DeCampi. She loves us. We love her. This book is exactly what it sounds like. It is the Predator hunting the folks of Archie. There's a fashion show in this book that takes a little bit longer than it should, but sets up for number two very nicely. Book doesn't take itself too seriously. There's a place for that. I love how Archie it was. (laughs) It was very Archie. It was super Archie. Yeah. Um, Archie-y? Yeah. Archie-esque. Archie-ish. I uh, read Letter 44 this week, and the issue number escapes me, and it's not sitting in front of me because I'm ill-prepared. But it's the beginning of a new story arc from Oni Press, and uh, is it a good jumping-on point? Probably not, but if you're not reading Letter 44, you should get on it. It's another really, really good issue. That's true. Uh, We got an image number one. It's called Run, Love, Kill. Good cover. Great cover. Interior art's really nice, too. It's this guy, Eric Kinnett, who's been around for years and years doing different stuff. I first saw him on Verotic Comics, which is Glenn Danzig's comic label from back in the day. Listeners might know Glenn Danzig from The Misfits or the band named Danzig. Um, Yeah, they were terrible comics and mostly about (laughs) Satan and lots of uh, naked demon men running around. Yeah. that said, Eric Kinnett, great artist. I can't wait to read this uh, book based on the cover. We'll see. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Miss Marvel number 14, uh, probably not the best jumping on point, but Miss Marvel is continually good. Uh, it just keeps getting better and better. Also, it's setting us up. Uh, I've been happy that they've been steering away from the Kamala Khan, like, oh, I'm a teenage girl, I want to be in a relationship. I've been happy that they but we're like getting to that point now. And G. Willow Wilson's doing a really good job with it. It's one of my favorite books that comes out. I would implore uh, listeners to jump into any 
issue of Miss Marvel. Just do it at any point. Get up in there. Yeah, just get up in it. Yeah. Somebody else want to go? Oh, yeah, I'll definitely jump in. Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number three. This is the latest Stray Bullets run. I'm so happy that Stray Bullets is back and on a monthly schedule. Uh, there was no Stray Bullets for years and years. The old stuff is in print, and now we're on the second of uh, the new series. So Dave Lapham writing and drawing Stray Bullets, crime, modern crime fiction, uh, really good stuff. Can we talk about Convergence? Yeah. What's going on with Convergence? So So much that I don't understand. Um, again, it's another week of Convergence. Yes, that's right. Which stuff. means we've gotten a ton of Convergence titles. Uh, the weekly one being Convergence number two. Um, I am going to say this about Convergence. I, I've been trying to read them all. Um, and this week I gave up. Week oh, two. Week two, you're, you're out? You're yeah, tapping I out? I'm out. Uh, I'm, I, I'm gonna, you, I don't think you can tap out. I'm going to continue reading the weekly one and the ones that I handpick. I'm going to be honest. A lot of these books are more work than I want. These are, they're definitely relics from a, a different day. Yeah, but like these are relics from comic books that I've read. I started reading comics in the 90s. A lot yeah. of these books are throwbacks to the 90s. I'm not getting the nostalgia factor that I think DC was going for. That's a really good point, is that it does feel like nostalgia without the, like the mindfulness to make it cool. Yeah. It's, it's nostalgia without like updating it for how, for the quality of comics right. that we're kind of used to now. Yeah. It just ha it just feels like one of those older comics. So for me, I was super excited. Kingdom Come, we've talked about it a ton. It's one of my favorite comic books of all time. Very good. Kingdom Come Superman is prevalent in the Convergence universe. Yes. I was really excited about that. We see him, we get some interaction. Don't care. It's yeah. not written in a way that I'm like, oh, it doesn't give me that warm feeling inside. Like, oh, this is a character that I love that I haven't seen for years and years and years. And here he is, and he's just as cool as I remember, and he's acting the way he should, and he's interacting with other people from different universes. And this is so cool because it's Kingdom Come Superman, and he's my favorite. It's not that at all, and it's such a bummer. There's a moment in Convergence number two where Thomas Wayne from Flashpoint, the Flashpoint Batman, meets Vanilla Batman. Bruce Wayne, Thomas Wayne, and yes. Bruce Wayne. Father and son they meeting. Are, they're meeting together. Mm -hmm. This is like, that's huge. This could be this really touching, excellent moment. Yeah. And it happens off camera, and then they kind of wave at each other goodbye, and it's just the moment in theory is really cool, and yeah. then executed, it's like, what was that? Do you know how cool this is? You know, I, I didn't feel the same way about that. I, I thought it was very Batman-y. Oh, you I know? didn't get that at all. Yeah, because they're very, you know, Batman is just, Think of his relationship with any of the Bat family. It never really goes well. We don't even get to see what the interaction is, though. Well, it, you do for just a hot second, you As know. Part, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and Thomas Wayne, and they're from different worlds, so you know, there's a combination of weirdness to it too that I, I, I got from that whole Man. scene. Like, oh, like you know, nice to meet you, myself. Peace. I gotta go. You know, sort of a thing. Do you know how powerful of a moment it would have been if, like, we could have seen Thomas Wayne like look at Bruce and been like, "What you're doing is good." Oh, just think about like, there's there's a, like, a little, little bit of that. No, but but like the man that you've become, I'm proud of that. That would have been so powerful. Think yeah, about but, anybody but they else. Don't, they don't know anything about one another, really, other than than who they are. Well, let's dive into it. 
Let's yeah. take a couple pages and make that scene or happen. Or even if it was weird, I just think about another writer handling that exact same scene. Yeah. And even though it's weird, and even though they are like very analytical and this is a weird situation, I just think about a Scott Snyder or a Grant Morrison writing that exact same scene. I wonder, just the, the way they play it. You know, they don't know this Batcave. They don't even know where they're going. You know, like sure. uh, Grayson the whole time is like, what are we doing? You know, they don't yeah. realize really what's happening. But anyway, it's... It, I, I feel the same way, Marcus, in that there is opportunity here and that it's, you know, kind of it's 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 missing. As you can tell, I'm defending convergence a little bit. You yeah, are and, and that's great. Yeah. But it's just like we are dudes who are immersed in the comic world. Um and if if we're not getting it, that's a huge I'm even sign. having a hard time just like following I agree. what is happening. I agree. And I'm reading it very carefully, trying to stay with it. but I'm having a hard time just telling like you know what universe are we supposed to be in right now? Which which Gotham are we in right now? Who is fighting who? Why are they fighting? I'm just having it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm, I'm not having the, the core convergence series. I think is pretty straightforward for me. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the side stuff's a little more nebulous because we don't know exactly where we are. I really liked Superboy this week, so I have a soft Superboy spot I read for. Yet. Um, Academus and the whole clone of Superman thing. I love that. After the death of Superman, you know, they... Don't call me Superboy. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's really silly, real 90s. He wears, like, belts, and he's got a yeah. goofy haircut, and he's got an Leather earring. And, yeah. yeah. So um, I think that stuff's really goofy and of its day. Did you read Aquaman? I didn't yet. No, it's in my giant okay. pile. That will be today, so though. So Aquaman is supposed to bring us back to 90s Aquaman. Long hair, yes. hook hand. Hook hand, right. A lot of people who have very negative... Views on this version of Aquaman. Okay. Books didn't sell very well when, when this Aquaman was going. Not nearly as well as New 52, I have to imagine. The whole uh, storyline of him taking his hand off, I really liked. Yeah. You know, he's like so, trapped to the rock or whatever, right. and he's got to cut his own hand yeah. off. He has a hook on Yeah, he's got a hook yeah. in. So for me, this was like a real opportunity to be like, hey, this version of Aquaman, this, and he's the one who gets crapped on all the time. Um, this let's, let's make him cool. Book did not make him cool. Like... You, you just there's so many opportunities that have been missed here in time again. I was pumped for this Aquaman book. I was pumped for the creative team. I was really excited to see this '90s Aquaman who had some pretty bad storylines get a cool, updated, modern storyline, and it's just so yeah. Bland. That's that's not the point of convergence, and that's the thing. They're they're plucking the idea is that we're going back in time. We're going to where these books were. This isn't let's make hook hand Aquaman you know, 2015 version of this character. Right. You, we're visiting these places. I mean, they've they've gone so far as to, like, pick the artists that, that worked on these books back then. And that's, that's I think, is, is risky and kind of cool. I do not love a lot of these artists, and I do not love the 90s. That's my least favorite era of comic writing and art, if I had to pick one. Yeah. That is, that's my least favorite. Yeah. But I think that's the idea, and I think the end of it is to kind of wash it all together, you know, so we're get you know I think it's it's pretty weird what they're doing. It's hard to take I think because we're used to modern comics, but these are definitely this is like time machine stuff. Yeah, you know not to be too goofy about it, but I mean Dennis Cohen doing art is like not my jam, you know. Then, but, why, then why do it? Uh, there is a fondness for these characters, and I think maybe that at the end of this, the idea is it all mixes into whatever this new version of the DC universe is, right? Which is you know, new 52, and then whatever DC thinks is, you know, should survive. You know, what, whatever that is. Some Flashpoint stuff, some Crisis stuff, whatever it is, right? It's the just characters a way we want. to, like, to cherry pick their favorite stuff 
and to put that to be able to use the characters that they want to use and, and wipe away the stuff that they don't want to use. There's and, that, yeah. And, you know, a lot of fans we know, I mean, and they're, they're vocal, smaller. We talk about this all the time. Like, what's the amount of people that really care about some of this stuff? Yeah. Right? But, you know, people have a real fondness for the, the pre-Flashpoint DC universe. Or they have a, a fondness for a particular, you know, Earth 2 storyline. This is what we're talking about here. So I'm just imagining the Charlie Fox trot that's going to take place after Convergence when like people are like, oh, I want to pick up Aquaman. What's this guy's backstory? Oh, well, you need to read this section of 90s Aquaman. Also, all this stuff from New 52 isn't really relevant anymore because this Aquaman isn't around anymore. It's going to be yeah, a but you never really I don't have think to do so. all that stuff. Yeah. Right yeah. for, I mean, I if, if somebody that's good does the relaunch well, then, you know. Yeah, and, we, and I don't know exactly how it's all going to go down, right? Because Batman and all the big books are just continuing their numbering. So some stuff is going to start over at right. number one. But, like, you know, spoiler alert, I think the internet already knows, you know, there's a new Batman in town. Yeah. Come issue 41 of Batman. Have you guys heard about this at all on the interwebs? Bat Bunny? Bat Robot? Bat Bunny Robot? Yeah. Do, you, do we know who's in the suit yet? I don't think we do. Well... It's out there on the internet. I won't spoil it for you guys, but there's a new Batman in town, and all this comes from the events of Convergence. Yeah. So it's 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 dovetailing back into the new Fifty Two universe. So, I mean, it's wild. It's big. It's weird. This is a weird thing. The fact that if you look at the creative teams on these books and go, man, you guys have really gone into the basement and the attic to find these artists and writers who worked on a lot of this stuff originally. Yeah. It's it's totally nuts to me. It's totally weird. It's a big. It's super ambitious. Like you, it, you know, if if nothing else, it's right. going to be this thing that we're going to be talking about for a long time. Yeah, and and you I know, I imagine I feel you guys too, right? Like if if Grant Morrison would have turned his sort of multiversity skills to this, and this was all Grant Morrison and multiversity and convergence were one thing, and he's the spearhead of of all of it. It's a totally different right? experience, right? But uh, you know, he tried that with one million years ago, and. I thought that stuff was fantastic. You know, DC one million. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it didn't get the. It's not for everybody. It didn't get the big sales. It's not yeah. for everybody. I mean, this is weird. World and this is building. not going to be for everybody either. And I, so at the end of the day, the be- as as retailers and as people that like have to talk to about comics with people all day, the best yeah. I can hope for from any crossover is that it is something that we can use, or any big kind of not a relaunch, but a big kind of reset button, uh, or you know, renumbering. Is that it brings new people on, yeah, and that it's approachable for new people, sure, um, and that and, and also that it doesn't alienate people that are already reading. That's it. the thing, not at the expense of yeah, fans already. Exactly. Absolutely, yep. So this is not that. I think that I don't think this is very approachable for people that that don't read. Maybe the core series. I'm not sure, um, but I, I hope that as they renumber stuff, that it's more approachable than this. I agree. But what, Flashpoint was kind of wacky and and and, and out there. Weird. Flashpoint and is so much fi- more approachable new, than this. I wonder if it is. But new fi- and then the new Fifty Two stuff was very approachable, whether you had read Flashpoint right. or not. We're kind of getting into the weeds of of super nerdy stuff here, but. Um, yeah, and, and people have different feelings. You know, New 52, I think, was overwhelmingly positively received. Yeah. But I definitely heard some people who were none too happy, and, and even a handful of folks who were like, I'm just quitting D.C. Yeah, and I don't. I worry less about those people. I think that's a sure. That's a big overreaction to take on Absolutely. any of this kind of stuff. But, yeah. Um, my other thing with these books is that it's they. I've read a ton of these little convergence side titles sure. at this point. All yeah. of last week's about you know half of this week's. It's got to be like twenty something books, right? Yes, ten books a week. Plus ten books the main a week. series. 
And they are, a lot of them are telling almost the exact same story. Yeah. It's all like, we're in this dome, people are freaking out, it's bringing out the best in some people, and we're all trying to cope with it. It's almost beat for beat the same in every single one of these right. books. That's the the biggest bummer of, of this to me. Well, and I, I think that that's good and bad, right? So if you want to just follow a couple of your favorite characters, yeah. you're good to go. You know, I don't know if anyone should feel like they need to read, you know, like your average comic reading fan. You don't need to read every Convergence Absolutely book. Absolutely not. No, it's like the core series and, oh, you love Wonder Woman. Oh, you love Harley Quinn. Absolutely. Right? And just pick and choose your couple, three, five books that maybe you're already reading in New 52. Even if you just you know? chose three, five books, the odds are that those three, five books are going to have almost the same plot. That That's, well, right, sure. You know, you'll get some, I think issue two is where we'll get some variants, right? The issue one is that's the setup the, and the dome yeah. drops and we figure out who's fighting who and all this. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I would definitely not recommend to your average person on the street. To read every single, yeah. sure. Yeah. No, it's like any of this stuff. It's like Marvel Secret Wars coming up, right? Yeah. I'm super excited for this. Another, I know, right? Massive crossover. Tons of books. Tons of stuff to follow. Same thing. You know, it's read the core Secret Wars series. Yeah. Grab some side books. You know, I'm super hyped that they're doing a Secret Wars book. Yeah. I'm super hyped they're doing a, a Infinity Gauntlet book. Yeah. I'll probably think, read them all because I'm an a-hole. But I, th- I think we should say that also as retailers, like I think when publishers do this stuff, they there's a, there's the pie chart is behind it and dollar a signs bit. are in their eyes. Absolutely. But as retailers for the kind of shop that we are for Vault of Midnight, it, it is not the same thing. No. My art to to me, it's like, oh man, I hope we don't lose people from this. That's sure. that's my thought. I'm right. not like, oh man, we're gonna sell so many books because our audience is people that maybe are not. As plugged into you yes. know the court, we had we definitely have those customers. We definitely have those fans that shop with us. But the it's everybody else. So it's this is not like a huge money maker for us. Right. Um, but we have to support it, and we have to like at least try to figure out what's going on with it. So um, I just thought we should say that up front. This is not you know we we're not directly like tied to this. Our future doesn't depend on convergence selling really really well. No. No, not at all. And to be honest with you, you know, any anybody who would buy Convergence and not like it is, I'd much rather direct that person to another book. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because there's there's plenty of good books to choose from. Sure. You know, so if this is your cup of tea, go for it. If not, um, Marcus is pointing yeah. at his watch. We're talking. Right. We're talking too much. We are. This is Convergence Week Two. Ten more titles. Number two in the main series. I'd yeah. like to do a wrap yeah. up on Convergence when it's all done. Maybe we'll do a one shot. Oh yeah, that'd be about nice. Kind of yeah. So we don't yap on about it every single week sure. like this. Sure. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, guys, this last Saturday was International Tabletop Day. Yeah. Because of that, we're going to skip our fan question for the week and kind of really dive into some uh, some of the board game realizations we made. It was a crazy weekend, It was man. A crazy. Nick, you were up at the Pyramid Scheme in Grand Rapids. Yes, I was. Curtis, you were down at Ann Arbor at Old Town Tavern. That's true. And I was over at Ann Arbor Brewing Company. We also had some staff at the basement of Vault of Midnight Ann Arbor proper. Yep. So the three of us were spread out at three different locations. There was even a fourth location that one of us wasn't at. Um, I thought this was an incredibly successful tabletop year. We filled in Ann Arbor all three locations at one point. That's true. Which is just absolutely mind-boggling. That's crazy. I didn't know if we were going to do that. That was was nuts. Yeah. What were some of the... uh, the big gems of the year that you guys saw. I want to also say that the crew that I was working with out in uh, Grand Rapids for this event, there was all Vault of Midnight staff that was at the Pyramid Scheme with me. It was uh, Jeff, Leah, and Lauren, who all work at Vault of Midnight Grand Rapids. Uh, it was stellar. 
I had the best crew, no offense to you guys yeah. and your crews, but we had a great day yeah. teaching, scream teaching so many board games for six hours. Yeah. In Ann Arbor, we had so many uh, locations and we had such a great turnout. We had to pull volunteers from the populace. That's yes. right. And everyone who showed up was great. We had representatives from a couple different game companies. Everyone was super professional. It was and a, a shout really out to Chris, time. who did spearhead yeah. a lot of this and who yeah. works at the Ann Arbor shop and, and did a great job. Oh, you mean logistics. Chris uh, View Askew Merwin? Yep, Chris Askew Merwin, who's been on the podcast once before. Yeah. So shout out to all of the, I don't want to say shout out. Can I never say shout out again? You probably shouldn't. I want to acknowledge all of the people that, that work at Vault of Midnight that they made put this in event. time. Effort, yeah. heart. Yeah. It was excellent. You guys did a great job. Bravo, everyone. But anyway, on to the games. Yeah. So what were the... I, I noticed three games that were kind of the big hits for the year. Yes. Did you guys see any big hits? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So my number one hit for this year, Splendor. Agreed. I saw more people playing Splendor than any other game. I had more... I think more requests personally to play Splendor than, than most other games. Yeah. So Splendor um, is a... Two to four person game. I saw most people playing it with two. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally played it with two uh, a couple times, and it's a it's a resource management game is what I would classify it as. Um, I think it's a great game. I I love how it starts. Yeah. and how it builds. Yeah, and it's a know? very simple idea. You have you can take gems. You can choose which colors you're going to take, and then you spend them on stuff. That's it. And the cards that you get allow you to spend more gems. It's it's all very simple and very focused around these like four or five colors of of gems that you use. They're your currency in the game. They're what you're building towards. Yeah. Uh, it's like an engine building game. You're trying to build a, an engine that'll allow you to go faster and a, get more gems. A jewel make an engine. A ju- an engine that makes jewels. Yeah. I really loved it. I'm, I agree. Uh, we sold out in Ann Arbor and had to take special orders for it. So many people were looking to get it. Yeah. Um, I think it could be a big game this year just for its accessibility, and it's a ton of fun. I'm really surprised to see a game like this do this well, to be honest with you. Why yeah. is that? They've been playing games and selling games for a really long time, and it's a it's a brain burner. Like, if you, on your turn, thinking about it, because the options are so simple. Yeah. There's three or four things that you can do on your turn, and they're all very straightforward. Thinking about all of the different uh, strategies available to you based on those options, like you could you could make your head explode yeah. trying to do that. It's a very kind of traditional Euro game with a pretty boring theme, and people just love it. Yeah. It plays really, really well, and I like the addition of the the nobles. Yep. You know, and they're random, and that was really a neat component. I played a couple games of it. Yep, the the nobles are awarded to you as your engine gets sweeter and you're able to produce more stuff. You can win these nobles over to your side, and that's worth more points. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it's a great game. I'm so surprised and so pleased that it's doing so well. Yeah. At, uh, at ABC, another big game for us was Cashing Guns. Cashing Guns is an oldie but goodie. Yeah, it's an oldie. It's been reprinted recently. Yeah. Uh, they kind of updated the, the design. So the idea with that is that we've all uh, finished a heist. We just robbed a bank or we something. We robbed a bank. We, we've got all these things that we're going to try to split up, but we all have guns, and it comes with a bunch of little foam guns. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to give up their share of the money right. is the thing. And so... Uh, Everyone points their guns at one another at a pre, uh, pre-described time. Yeah. And then we see if people are bluffing or if you actually shoot. Yeah, because you've got, you're pointing out. a gun at somebody, but you yeah. either have a bullet or not. Yeah. And if I'm pointing a gun at you, you might chicken out and drop your gun, which means right. you don't get any of the money that round. But I could have had, I maybe I didn't even have a bullet in that gun. Right. I think it's a great game. I find it interesting that I think what makes that game fun is having really cheesy foam guns that you point at other people. Because you could just point, right, but, but that would be, it, it would just would take something away from it. Right, the foam guns are like a really yeah. 
crucial component. And I wonder from like a humanity standpoint what that says. I think that you know yeah, what I mean? does that make some, sense? Yeah. Like no, there's something to that physical bluff that, yeah. you know, how you hold your gun, your posture, your eyes, all of it. It's like, oh, yeah, you know. I was I was watching these one guys and everyone was doing the, the normal gun hold. One dude doing the sideways gun hold. Yeah. And like people were intimidated by the, like, the two handed. Yeah. You know no, it was mean? either one hand or sideways. Mm. And like that, that wrist movement the, when he did it the first time. You feel like he's more confident. Yeah. The person was like, I'm out. And yeah. just like draw, and like they didn't even think about it, and that was so interesting to me that like your body language is such a huge part of that game. Yeah, really fun. What other games did you guys see that were hot this year? Uh, we ran a bunch of Camel Up, Camel Cup, Camel Cup also was very well received. Yeah, in Grand Rapids, it's a good game, and you know, at an event like this, you could get a full table of uh, was you it six players, eight people, eight you players can get playing yeah. that game, and they get loud. Yep. Oh, the um, the, that was the most boisterous game I saw played at Tabletop this game, uh, Tabletop Day this year. People I don't know what it is their about that game. And screaming. Yeah, and, uh, last year I think the the big boisterous game was Rampage, mm. now called oh, yeah. Terror at Meeple City. Yeah, didn't see anyone play that game this year, but last year that was like the big boisterous game. This year definitely Camel Up. Yep. Yeah, that game's great. Real goofball game. Super goofball. Yeah. Any other games that we can think? I think those are the big Dragon Slayer. I taught quite yeah, a few times, that's a great little um, which bar is a game. cool little dice game that I forgot about. To be honest with you, it's right. a little push your luck dice game about slaying dragons. Oh, right, yeah, that is a nice little game. It's kind of like zombie dice, or um, base. You know, you're you're trying to get swords. You're trying to find the dragon, and if the dragon burns you too many times, then you have to back out. And you don't get any points. It's a push your luck game. It's really cool. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, but yeah, it was a great tabletop day. It was I agree. Smashing success. I, I think. I uh, got to play. Um, Betrayal at House on the Hill for the first time. Yeah, you've been really trying to get us to play that game yeah. with you ever since. I know it's really old and everybody's already played it. Everybody's super over it. This is classic Curtis. Like Curtis I, is not over it. Yeah, I played it for the first time and it was awesome. Yeah. It was so much fun. Super old school, totally theme heavy, almost no game there. You move around based on your movement. You flip a card, card tells you what to do. You do the card. Yeah. Super theme it. heavy. Yeah, yeah, that game is interesting because it... Um, it was really hot, and then Wizards of the Coast, who's the company that makes that game, and is sitting on a pile of money, like, couldn't print it fast enough. True. And now everyone's got it in stock, but the interest has kind of died. It seems like Wizards of the Coast really missed the ball on that one. Well, you um, remember that one did the in and out of stock for like a that's year. What, that's what I'm saying is yeah. Wizards would like, we'd get like five copies of it, they'd go in a day, and then... We couldn't get it for another three months. Yep. Now Wizards is finally caught up and is finally printing a ton of stuff, but the interest of the game has kind of died down it's a little waned. bit. It had a moment. Yeah. It was because of Tabletop. It was because of... Oh, I'm sure. The, the um, What's the name of the... Will, Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Will Wheaton. And, and is it just called Tabletop? It is called Tabletop, yeah. yeah. I think I knew that. The Geek and Sundry Show. Yeah, that sparked a lot of interest in it. Well, and lastly, we should just point out that we played a game today. Impulse. But, impulse, but we're going to review that next week. Let's review it next week. Yeah. 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 Um, great. By Carl Chuddick, who did Innovation, who did Glory to Rome. He's one of my favorite game designers. We'll talk about it next week, though. It's going to be awesome. All right, guys. Well, this has been a ton of fun, and this ends another issue of Super Skull, the Vault of Midnight podcast. You can hear us every Thursday wherever podcasts are found. Our music was created by the Atomic A-Bomb. Our logo was designed by the image wizard, Philip Wong. Our producer is secret agent, Catherine Gorman. Super Skull is brought to you by Vault of Midnight, Earth's finest comic books and stuff since 1996. 1996. This is Marcus Schwimmer for Nick Wybar and Curtis Sullivan wishing you good, good reading, reading and gaming until, until next week. week.